0: Avengers! Yay!
1: Welcome back to another grand adventure with the Adventure Geeks. I'm Eric, your host,
2: and I'm Ray.
1: The second host. (laughs) The second host. Because again, we have one of our fellow adventure geeks um missing in action.
2: Yeah, definitely MIA.
1: Though I will say he probably has a better excuse this time because he does have a big bike race tomorrow.
2: But he does not have an excuse for ghosting us the whole week.
1: True. So we're we're um we're gonna have a gripe with Ian. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i mean you know other than our normal grapes with ian
1: we miss you ian we uh, want you back <laughs>
2: yeah yeah we'll go with that <laughs> i mean i miss the heated debates
1: i do i, I them, think it's just inter- it's an interesting take the heated uh,
2: debates between me and him bring a lot to the show i think
1: yeah, I do want to give him a shout-out and the best of luck with his race tomorrow. I know he's doing, I think it's a 50-mile bike race tomorrow.
2: Yeah, good luck, man.
1: Um, And just so everybody's aware, we are recording on September 24th, so we are talking about his race on the 25th. In the
2: future.
1: <laughs> yeah, in the future. Or yeah, the- but
2: hopefully, you know, hopefully it goes good, man. Good luck.
1: And I know he did it last year, and he I'm liked trying. it a lot. So. Yeah, last year, I
2: remember he said, like,
1: He was, like, dead at the end, so... Yeah, so I'm sure he's prepping for that, so best of luck, my friend. Hopefully, prepping for it with a picture of him
2: with a beer.
1: (laughs) Yes, agreed. (laughs) All right, so with this episode, me and Ray are going to be talking about two topics today, but we are definitely getting in-depth on both of them.
2: Yeah, definitely... We had a couple more, but we figured they're going to take up a lot of time, so...
1: Uh, yeah, we, we have our plans for the next couple episodes, but this one is going to be focused on just two two topics.
2: Even a solo Ray series, which I'm sure everyone's been clamoring for. Yes. So stay tuned for that. I will give some details about that at the end of the episode.
1: Further dives into Ray's mind. This is going to be great.
2: Uh, yeah, let's go with that.
1: The Ray Deep Dive.
2: Oh, I like that. I was actually going to go with Ray's Comic Corner.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that, too.
2: Because it's... Oh, well, we'll talk about it at the end.
1: <laughs> well, it goes off of mine, too, which is cool, because I have the think tank.
2: And what was Ian's?
1: I don't remember.
2: This was like... Uh, hold on. Hold on. I'll pull it up real quick. You can keep talking.
1: It's It's history something. History something. And he, has, he hasn't done one in a while. I have to start doing mine again.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you yeah, know, it all takes time. We're, we're all getting settled and stuff, so.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, his, uh, well, I mean, it's not called Ian's Special his- History, but it's called Special History.
1: Yep, I like that. So, everybody listening, each of us have our own spinoffs now.
2: Yep, and uh, if you guys have any suggestions, let us know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ian does his history piece of it. I do my deep psychological dives into some of our character stuff uh, fictional characters that we like to talk about and then Ray starting his own thing with comics.
2: And I'm gonna I might branch off into like video games and yeah uh, but I'm gonna start with comics first.
1: So. Sounds good. But
2: anyways, let's talk about our first topic.
1: Yes, so today's first topic, we're going to go over the Hawkeye trailer that came out, what was it, last week?
2: Yeah, I think it was like last Tuesday or something.
1: Yes, so this is what, Disney Plus's fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth TV show for Marvel.
2: because yep, you had WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Marvel's What If, and now Hawkeye.
1: Yep. And those of you who are questioning, what if it is canon and it ties into the movies? So you guys should all definitely watch that if you're. Comp-
2: These are all considered part of Phase Four, I believe. Yep. So they are they are definitely canon. Um, I know I was just reading something today that said because uh, did you watch the end of uh, did you watch the new what if? I did. Because I know it left that cliffhanger at the end which we won't say anything because there's spoilers but yes so i mean there there might be a good chance that it's going to tie into you know hopefully the actual mcu
1: yep Um, and i think i think dr dark dr strange is going to tie into the actual mcu too
2: i know that there was a lot of uh there's an article saying that Haley atwell and i think the guy who played uh who voiced steve rogers yep um in the first episode, the Captain Carter one, they were interested in doing a live action.
1: Yep, yep, I did hear that.
2: Which I know, I, I know I sent you the link the other day, but uh, the Sideshow Collectibles Captain Carter and Hydra Stomper just came out,
0: so mm-hmm.
2: I'm really it. I'm really figuring out if I can afford that. I might do it on layaway, so we'll, we'll
1: see. I love Sideshow Collectibles, but they're so pricey.
2: They, but, I mean, for the detail, they are, though. They're, yeah. It's worth it, if you ask me. Absolutely. That would be my first Sideshow collectibles, actually. Mm. I
0: don't have any. There you go.
2: And then I started looking on the website, and I was like, oh, I want that and that
0: and that. Yeah, they are beautiful. The <laughs>
2: Falcon one looks really good from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Falcon Captain America, that looks really good. Yeah. And it's kind of cool, because with this uh, Captain Carter Hydro Stomper one, you yeah. can like put her on top of the hydro stopper. That's cool. So like I mean that'd be really cool. But anyways <laughs> I digress.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Hawkeye. Hawkeye, what was your overall thoughts?
2: So my overall thoughts right off the rip, right? So I saw the trailer and I'm hyped. Hyped for it a hundred percent. I cannot wait for it. Um I think, like, first off the bat, like just watching it, I was like, "All right, this looks pretty good." And then, like, I was trying to figure out the timeline because it definitely takes place after Endgame, obviously. Yeah. But yep. like, I was trying to figure out how many years after because it does seem like it's a few, like a a good chunk of years after.
1: Yeah, I I uh, I think there'll definitely be flashbacks though for like during like the whole five year period after infinity war where he becomes Ronin and that, that's that plot is definitely going to be brought up.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Um, yeah, my overall thoughts, funny enough, like with the Christmas theme they have going on, I, for some reason immediately had diehard vibes.
2: Yeah. I think that I, I saw a lot of people saying that online.
1: Um, which I don't know if I'm too fond of. Um, it seems I know I love Hawkeye and, and the and I'm really interested in reading the comic it's going to be based on. Yeah. Um, I just hope it's not too kid friendly because I want them to really go into the Ronan backstory and how brutal he was.
2: I mean, I definitely think it's. Not gonna be too kid friendly. I mean, so if you if you go off of, and of course I'm gonna go on another short tangent here. If you go off the comics, mm-hmm. like, so this is based off this is based off the Hawkeye comic that came out. Um, oh, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Uh, hold on, I got the book in front of me. Let me check the book here. Because uh, of course you know me, I have no self-control so i bought
1: the hawkeye on the bus hey i'm gonna end up doing the saga with um kate bishop in it i'm gonna end up buying that i think
2: so it looks like it first came out in 2015 so this is the hawkeye series that came out in 2015 um based off of matt fraction and david aja's eyes nominated legendary run like i i I honestly have like such praise for this because it's such a good series between the artwork and Matt Fraction's writing is just so good. Um, But it's based off that. And I know a lot of people don't really know like who Kate Bishop is and stuff like that. Um, But I can talk about that in a little bit because that was a pretty cool, um, pretty good character. Um, So it's loosely based. I I think it's going to be based off that. Um, yeah. there's a lot. So it's basically like, but it looks like they changed it a lot. Um, yeah, they. I, I got a lot to talk about. But you go. You, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm very interested in the dynamic between um, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, and how Je- Jeremy Renner and um, Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> right. Um, are gonna get along because it's
2: seems- also voiced
0: Spider-Gwen.
1: Yep. It's it's kind of interesting how they're doing these Marvel TV shows and like how they're promoting them in like Teams of Two. Yeah. Because if you look at it, they very much advertised Wanda and Vision for WandaVision. Oh, they ab- yeah. They advertised Falcon and the Winter Soldier for oh, I <laughs> But then with Loki, they they really packed hard with Loki and um, Mobius. Oh, yeah. Who, he was, I mean, he was a main character, but, like, for a few episodes, he was, like, almost absent completely. And then, obviously, What If's a little bit different, but then we go back to Hawkeye, and they're obviously promoting Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. So I think it's really interesting how they're going in duos now.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. Even if you think about it, like even, even the what if episodes, like almost every episode had like a group of like two or more.
1: That's that's fair, yeah. I feel like with what if it's a little more ensemble based too, minus a couple episodes because you have like the Marvel Zombies one, which uh,
2: that's is. Why, that's why I said two or yeah. more.
1: Okay, all right. Calm down, calm down over there. Just, I'm just making sure you
2: heard me. That's all. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah no, I'm, I'm not gonna
2: get
1: mad. okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested to see in the direction of like tone. I think that's what I'm really looking forward to. because um, like I liked the trailer. I just don't like the Christmas theme. I don't I think know if it so- fits as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's I understand why they did it cuz it's coming out in November, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be close to that. And like one of the things with Hawkeye, right, especially in the movies, what is his family?
0: Right. That's so, that's
2: like, That's I think that's going to I think it's going to play like a, you know, not like a huge part, but it's it's a decent part like they want Hawkeye to still be known for his family and stuff like that. Like cuz that's what they showed in Age of Ultron, right? No one knew he had a family until mm-hmm. they brought him to his house. And then, you know, they showed the family again. Well, I don't think they showed him in Civil War, but he said that, you know, I don't want anything to happen to my family. That's why he turned himself in. You know, I'm, I think, yeah, I think it's a lot. It's just it's family based, you know, and, you know, what 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 better time of the year that brings family together than Christmas?
1: Think Christmas. Well, yeah, and especially with it coming around Thanksgiving time, it even fits even better into. Yeah. I think it releases what, like November seventeenth.
2: I thought it was twelve. It might be seventeenth. Well,
1: something like that. Yeah. Um, my curiosity too is, um, what's going to be bringing him like into the action again after his family got brought back after the snap? Well, it be- about it, and after Endgame, he has his family back.
2: So I mean, I, I think one of the things is, you know when they show the news report right off the rip there, someone's masquerading as Ronan.
0: Okay. Yep.
2: And you know, he even, I mean, he even says it in the trailer. He was, I, I literally just watched the trailer like 20 minutes ago with Matt, my, my friend Matt. So like, I was still a little fresh. So like, even he says in the trailer, he's like, I made a lot of enemies as Ronan. So whoever's going around masquerading as Ronan is, you know, going to attract those enemies.
1: true though i think i know who is based on the comic book i think i know who it is Who? well somebody had said that it was kate bishop dressing up as him and that's how she's brought into the whole well
2: i mean it, it does show her it does show her in the outfit but i don't think like i don't think she's the one who's running. okay like, cause it shows it shows her in the outfit, so it definitely shows her as Ronan. But I don't think she's the one who's, you know, quote unquote, actually Ronan.
1: Okay, so maybe she just takes up like the mantle after the fact.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe she's just doing it while she's trying to be, you know, a vigilante and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think she's the one who's actually masking masquerading, masquerading around as Ronan.
1: Gotcha. One of the things I found out that was kind of interesting is I believe in the trailer there was something along the lines of um, Clint starting to use hearing aids, which for people who don't know the comic, he's actually deaf in the comics, isn't he? Uh, yep. So that's an interesting like tidbit that they added in, I think, on that trailer. So that's a really cool detail. Yeah, I
2: think I think that's... That's that, that. was a cool detail. Um, I do like the fact that, um, they showed uh, the dog. Yes. In the um, in the in the Matt Fraction David Aja run, like Lucky, the dog was like a huge part of that comic. Like you, you don't think a dog's a big part, but like the dog, like really kind of brought like it brought a lot of humanity to Hawkeye, especially in the comic. Um which I think it's going to be pretty cool. I- I'm interested to see how they're going to like bring him in there.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Cause like Hawkeye in the comics, right? He doesn't have a wife and kids. He's a lone wolf does his own thing. So like, especially like, after, so, especially when they, and, so they ended up killing him in Avengers disassembled. Wanda, you know, quote unquote killed him. And then he ended up coming back when she reversed the world. After creating the whole House of M, yeah, and then so then he ended up coming back, and there's a really good arc in uh, Brian Bendis's Avengers run that deals with uh, Hawkeye coming back, and you know seeing Scarlet Witch who has no memories of anything, and there's a really good issue that shows like how he came back, and you know, and then in the comics it's not. It's not really a spoiler for anyone for the show, but like he does become Ronin and for a long time, like he gets introduced to the Avengers when they're on the run during uh, Dark Reign from Norman Osborn, and like he gets introduced to this the you know quote unquote Secret Avengers, like that's what they called themselves, and like everyone was like who is this like we don't know who this is, and then that it's a cool reveal showing that it is Hawkeye. And then after, after Dark Reign was over, he became Hawkeye again. Interesting. It, it if I mean, if you get a chance to read Bendis' Avengers run, it's really good. You like it.
1: I've got uh, quite the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be reading forever.
2: I mean, hey, listen, man. That's not bad. You saw how uh, everyone's seen how mu- how, stacks I, how many stacks I've gone through now. That's true. Now I'm down to like a stack and a half.
1: Yeah, my, mine aren't stacks of comic books. Now mine are like omnibuses. <laughs> eh,
2: it's still a stack of comics. Yeah. Just in a nice collected form.
1: It makes it easier for amateurs like me to get the whole run without searching for it. This is true. <laughs> and that's why I do it. Um so I did look at um one I know one of the villains in the show is going to be Echo. I know nothing about this villain though. So I'm going to leave that up to you.
2: Uh All right. Um so well, let's uh why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and I'll get into it.
1: More into villainy when we come back. <laughs>
2: all right so going into hawkeye here all right so we were talking about echo right Yep. all right so echo hold on a second all right let me let me just touch upon the ronin uh ronin i guess guys for a minute so ronin first appeared in new avengers 27 which was the first, uh, I guess, the first first volume of New Avengers that was written by uh, Brian Bendis.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And he appeared in there after Civil War. So it was after Civil War where Ronan first appeared. And that was after, so those Secret Avengers were actually during Marvel Civil War, not during Dark Reign. So that's that's my bad. I'm sorry. I uh, apologize to everyone. Um, How so, dare you? I know. It, there's a lot of comic knowledge in my head. It's easy I to get it all mixed up.
1: You're, you're the expert.
2: I know. And, uh, you know, the filing cabinet gets mixed up sometimes.
1: And I'm just the peanut gallery.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, if this was... Eh, never mind, I don't want to talk about Superman. Um, <laughs> so yeah. he first appeared in New Avengers 27. And that was actually Hawkeye as Ronan. And then he ends up becoming the team leader at the end of the first New Avengers run um, by Bendis. And then post-Secret Invasion, right, kind of during Dark Reign, they had um, another, you know, quote-unquote team there. And Bendis actually ended up bringing uh, bringing in Ronan again. And... That's when everyone found out that, because Hawkeye was running around as Hawkeye at that time. So he wasn't Ronan, so that's when they found out that um, Maya Lopez was Echo. So she was the one running around as Ronan. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully it doesn't spoil anything for anyone, but just some background on Echo and the whole Ronan persona. Um, So she is the adoptive daughter of the Kingpin. And she's been pretty active in the Daredevil series.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: so I think that Daredevil run... When did that come out? 2000?
1: Oh, something like that.
2: I think that was during Joe Quesada's run on Daredevil. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Joe Quesada um, hes pretty well known uh, throughout Marvel Comics. He's been the editor-in-chief. And uh, he's the chief creative officer. Um, and you know now he's actually the vice president of Marvel. So, and he's actually he's really big for like his his art and uh, covers. So, <clears throat> anyways, Maya Lopez is the quote unquote adopted adopted daughter of Kingpin. She's a Native American, and she is, I believe, she's deaf.
1: Yes, I did I did hear something like that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I believe she's deaf. So during that whole Daredevil run, uh she was sent by the Kingpin to, you know, um prove that, you know, Daredevil's weak. Uh, so uh they actually ended up falling in love. And then her whole echo guys is she has a white handprint on her face which is similar to the bloody handprint left by her dying father who got killed.
1: Um, And not to go on a tangent, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of another Disney Plus show that came out with the Flag Smashers.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: So I'm wondering if in the TV show universe, maybe she was a Flag Smasher.
2: I mean, maybe. I think that's kind of a stretch, but
0: you never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, so
2: she is pretty much, you know, on par with Daredevil. She's gone toe to toe with, uh, <clears throat> gone toe to toe with Bullseye. Um, she is one of the first Native American, uh, well, not one of the first Native American superheroes, but she is Native American. Um, and she, she kind of pals around with a lot of people in the MCU, you know, hangs out with, um... Wolverine, yep, and uh, so she showed up in New Avengers, and she was actually recommended uh, to Captain Miracle by Daredevil. So, yeah, so I think a lot of the cool uh, aspect with Echo is, you know, she also showed up in Moon Knight, too, so you never know. Maybe she oh, showed in
1: Moon Knight. And isn't, I believe, Moon Knight's one of the next Disney Plus shows after Hawkeye, right?
2: I think so, yeah.
1: I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager for that one. It'll be so much different, but um, tra- s- trying to go more towards the TV show.
2: Oh, uh, damn it. What? But- <laughs> I messed up. When Hawkeye Ronin and Echo Ronin first showed up. So just everything I said, reverse it.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm
2: such such an idiot. It's been a long day.
1: It's okay. (laughs) We forgive you.
2: (laughs) Um, It is kind of interesting to note that So she is actually in Jason Aaron's run of Avengers now. And she actually holds the Phoenix power now.
1: Oh, that is interesting.
2: Yeah, so she's Phoenix.
1: Yeah, I don't think we'll get that in the TV show, but that is very good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that. Um, And just to touch upon, like, uh, I guess, you know, villains in the Hawkeye show. So, it looks like they are going to go with, um, (laughs) in the comics, they call them the tracksuit mafia. Yep. So, that's going to be pretty cool to see them. And one of the the other cool things I really liked, not to cut you off, is I really like the uh, the Rogers musical. So, I really hope we get a lot of that.
1: I was going to say, like... (laughs) hopefully we can get rogers the musical afterward they it was pretty in your face
2: Listen, that would be I'm, very I'm, interesting i'm really hoping for that
1: <laughs> i'm i'm about it I'm like if you want to make a joke about it but we're gonna be like yeah that's funny but you should probably do it and i'd see it yeah oh heck yeah but we can't forget the little elephant in the room too with this show um Coming off a of Black Widow, we're going to probably see Yelena Belova in this show. Yeah, I'm pretty
0: date.
2: excited for that. That's going to be cool.
1: Because she's going to be hunting down Hawkeye.
2: I do like the fact that they didn't show her in the trailer at all. Yes. So I, I like the fact that she wasn't in there because like, kind of gives a little more mystery to it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be cool. Um, I, I want to sit. I- I'll ask you. Yeah what do you think is the big surprise or twist in this show going to be?
2: Well, I mean, I think a couple of surprises and twists, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I definitely
2: think Echo is going to be a surprise or twist. Because I think it's interesting that you mentioned that she's going to be the villain, but I didn't even know that. So Um, I definitely think the fact that, uh, you know, Elena's going to pop in sometime. Yep. So, like, she's definitely got a lot to do with it. Um. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to say something with Kate Bishop, but Kate Bishop's pretty cut and dry. Like, the, her character... So, her, her character first came in the... Um, uh, the Alan Heimberg and Jim Chung run of Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was pretty much brought in like so this was was this before i think this was before civil war yeah i'm pretty sure it was so before civil war kind of during the new avengers era when it first came out after avengers disassembled excuse me there were you know these kids running around and you know, a Patriot costume, a, a young Thor looking costume, a, a kid who looked like Hulk and, you know, a kid who looked like a younger version of Iron Man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So they called themselves the Young Avengers. And it, it's a good run. Like if, if anyone reads it, 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 you'll love it. I fell in love with it the moment I found it. Um, but that's when they first introduced Kate Bishop. And she kind of like. She's she's part of the part of the mafia I guess like her her family's big into the mafia and she was saved by like the young avengers and then she gets a little more curious about them so uh she's pretty much just like Hawkeye like she trained herself for the bone arrow you know she's pretty much trained in a lot of different weapons so i think that's pretty cool um she definitely ends up meeting so, I mean, obviously, it's, I don't know if it's going to work in the show, but she ends up meeting Cassie Lang, Ant-Man's daughter, which in the comics, uh, Ant-Man, Scott Lang, was killed by Wanda uh, during Avengers Disassembled. Mm-hmm. So she kind of ends up, you know, finding the young Avengers, you know, using her bow and arrow, and then she takes on the mantle of Hawkeye. And then there's a really good issue where, like, after... Wanda resets everything where Hawkeye comes back and her and Hawkeye have like this huge talk about, you know, who's Hawkeye and, you know, Hawkeye ends up saying, you're Hawkeye now, and I'm Hawkeye. So him and Kate have like a really good dynamic throughout the Young Avengers run. And it's kind of cool because I want to see if they're going to do it like they did during the Hawkeye run uh, that was done by Matt Fraction. Because mm-hmm. they had a really good dynamic in it. Like, you could tell, like, they fought a lot, you know. Just like, you know, a father and son.
0: Yeah.
2: Or father and daughter, sorry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: um So I think it'd be really cool if, like, you know, she had a lot of ties to, like, a lot of MCU stuff that we don't even know yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think it's really interesting, too, going back to the Echo thing. I don't know if they're still doing this, but it was announced that there is going to be a spin-off Echo show.
2: Yeah, I saw that. I'm not, I mean, I'd be interested to see how it works out. Yeah. I think she hasn't really done her own thing, like, in the comics. She's always been, hmm. like, part of the team-up groups and stuff like that.
1: So this will be a truly original show. For the most Yeah, so...
2: I think it'd be pretty interesting to see how it works out. Um, it is pretty cool because there's a there's one issue where uh, you know Hawkeye, Clint, Clint ends up uh, finding Kate and stealing back his bow that you know Captain America had given to her, and then she ends up stealing it back from him. <laughs> uh-huh. So I think it I think it's going to be cool to see the dynamic. Um, yeah. And it's cool because, like, during that whole uh, Matt Fraction run, like, it's a lot of, like, Hawkeye down to earth. Like, you know, he becomes a man of the people. Like, he buys an apartment complex for all these people who are, you know, not doing good, you know, can't pay rent and stuff like that. He protects them. So it's interesting to see if they're going to bring that dynamic into uh, into the show, especially with the fact that um, – I do like the fact that they show him beat up all the time because in the comics it's pretty much how he looks all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm definitely excited for it. Hawkeye is pretty much my number two, not my number mm-hmm. two, number. He's in my top five and uh, Marvel comic characters. So,
1: okay. okay, I think I think two things. The first one is more likely than the second one. I think the first thing that's probably going to end up with this show is that after this first season, if there's two seasons maybe after the second season, Hawkeye will probably be done. And the bow will be officially handed off to Kate, and she'll be the leader of the young... or not the leader, but she'll be a part of the Young Avengers. Because that's definitely going to be obvious moving forward with all these new young characters that they're introducing. Um, and maybe Hawkeye remains either the... I don't want to say the Bruce Wayne mentor type deal, but um, there's your your DC reference, Ian. (laughs) Um, I want to say he'll be a mentor or he'll retire and finally be with his family full-time. But I kind of want to see him be old man Hawkeye. Well,
2: it's funny you mention that because I – like like last month I finished the uh, the Avengers game yep and they had a good good Hawkeye DLC which had Kate Bishop and old man Hawkeye yep and it actually really brought like you know a lot of like I like Hawkeye it's pretty it was pretty cool seeing their dynamic because it was a lot different in the video game than it actually was like in the comic
0: mm-hmm
2: so I think that overall, like, they have a good dynamic. It's just, and even in the, even in the trailer, like, it already looks like Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner have, like, such good dynamic together.
1: Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially
2: that end part of the trailer where he's going through his arrows and he's like, oh, that's too dangerous. That's too dangerous. And then she shoots, like, an explosion arrow and she goes, you have more dangerous stuff than that? That's that just hilarious.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be good. Um,
2: I think, like, it's kind of cool seeing the fact that, we haven't, like, I mean, besides Peter and Tony, we haven't seen any of the other, like, Avengers or main characters with, you know, younger kids.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: So I think that's going to be pretty cool, and I like the fact that they're playing with that.
1: Yeah. I think, and this is my bold statement. Here we go. The mef- the Mephisto of Hawkeye that I think actually might happen is, I think we're going to see Kingpin at some point. And I'm going to be bold and say it's going to be the same actor from the Daredevil TV show.
2: Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio?
1: Yep. I think they're going to bring him back.
2: Oh, man, that's...
1: I'm going to make that (laughs) bold prediction right now. Oh,
2: man, that's a pretty bold claim.
1: Yep, I'm going to say it right now that that's going to be the big twist. Because if you think about it, like every single one of the... um, TV shows so far has had some sort of major twist in it, or major uh, surprise.
2: That's pretty.
1: I um, think this one's gonna be Kingpin. I...
2: Well, <laughs> you kind of blew my mind with that one. I can't even think.
1: Yep. Um,
2: uh, I mean, I don't that'd be surprised. Even
1: I mean, if, if it's, it's just us. a small cameo appearance at the end of the show. I don't think it'll be a main part of the TV show, but I think he pops in at some point.
2: Oh,
1: man. That's... Yep. I'm going to go with that. So, If we have to review this TV show after it's all said and done, and if I'm right... Just saying. Just saying.
2: (laughs) Ah, I mean, that'd be kind of tough, though. Do they, does Marvel still have the rights to,
1: like, all of them? I believe so, because there was rumor about Daredevil, too. Um, Not in this show, but, like, in... um, There's rumors that Daredevil was going to show up in either Spider-Man Far From Home or the She-Hulk TV show. Hmm. I think they... Well, we're gonna have to talk about this article that I read at a later time. But as of right now, they own most of their properties.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm gonna well, make. I mean, a-
2: you know. Stranger things have happened.
1: Yep. It's either that or something's gonna have a huge connection with Moon Knight, with Moon Knight being the next TV show. I mean, obviously, Echo's probably going to connect in some fashion, but yeah. I want to say the big twist will be Wilson Fisk himself.
2: <laughs> I will say, so, especially during, like, uh, this Hawkeye run, just because I want to touch upon Matt Fraction's run again. Yeah. They do, they do mention a lot about um, his brother. Uh His brother, Barney, who also kind of grew up in the circus with him. And um, it it is worth mentioning the fact that uh, he shows up a lot in the comic. So I'm curious to see if maybe he'll, you know, show up in the show. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because Barney, even even Barney eventually takes on, like, the Hawkeye mantle and becomes Hawkeye. Mm Mm-hmm. For not not for
1: a lot, but for a little bit. But okay. I really hope going a little bit off track again. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I really hope they focus on Clint dealing with the loss of um, Natasha.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely diving, hope that that's a big part of it. And
1: diving more into what their not relationship, but like friendship was. Yeah. Cuz they hinted in that so much in the past movies but they never really dove into it at all. Yeah. I thought Black Widow would have done it a little bit, but this is like the best way to do it because part of his arc could be him dealing with the loss. I nope. mean, that would be
2: that would be pretty cool, especially cuz like you know, they have such a history in the MCU and even in the comics. But I think it'd be pretty cool to see like you know, if he, you know, beats himself up about it still, and...
1: Yeah, especially with, like, at the end of endgame, he's still not over it, and he's still beating himself up over it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it is, it is, so I will I will mention that, so after Matt Fraction and David Aja's run, um, Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez took over, and they do do, uh, quite a good chunk of one of their series actually dealt with um, the future with Old Man Hawkeye. So, hmm. um, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, I think further down the line, if they did something with that, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool.
1: I feel like they could do that in a What If episode very easily.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they did it pretty easily in the video game. Yeah. Dealing with that. So, I mean, I, I, w- I wouldn't rule it out.
1: Yeah, definitely. I want to see that. I want to see that, and I, as going along the lines of Old Man Hawkeye, I kind of want him to meet up with Old Man Logan. <laughs> Did you read that? I read a lot of Old Man Logan. I haven't gotten all the way through it yet.
2: Did you read uh, the Old Man Hawkeye
1: series? I think I made it to, like, issue three. Oh, really? I got really good
2: after that. I really like so I really like those old man series mm-hmm. because the first old man Logan series that came out, uh, the Mark Millar, Steve McNiven one, that is still one of my favorites. Oh, it's amazing! And then, and then I think uh, who did the one after that? Was that Jeff Lemire?
1: Hold on, give yeah. me a second. I have it right here.
2: Oh, they oh you do? I yes. do. Oh, you can actually bring something to the table for once. Wow. Well, I mean literally, because all my comics that I'm referencing are out on the table right now.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's Jeff Lemire and... Um, Andrea Sorrentino. There you go.
2: Because that that run was really good, too. Yeah. Um, I, I love that duo of Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Like, I read their Hawkeye run, or not their Hawkeye, their uh, Green Arrow run, which was really good. And that's pretty much what prompted... The Arrow Show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then their um, Old Man Logan run was really good. Unfortunately, I never picked up Gideon Falls, and I really want to read that.
1: I'm getting that in the mail within the next couple weeks.
2: Yeah, I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and buy all the trades. <laughs> and then uh, their new one, Primordial. Uh, is pretty good. There's only one issue out so far, but that's pretty good. And then they did that really good, um, the oversized DC book, the, uh, the Joker one. Okay. Killing, killing smile, smile killer, whatever it is. And that was you. Did you read that?
1: I did not. Um, I think oh, yeah. I read the first issue and then I stopped.
2: You'd really like that one. It was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of like mental stuff.
1: Okay. Interesting.
2: Um, But, yeah, I think that, like, just their duo alone is just so good.
1: Yeah, I'm sad to say that X-Men didn't happen fast enough for it to probably happen in live action with those two actors, but.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I do see articles saying here and there that Hugh Jackman wants to come back, so.
1: I would love that. That would be me.
2: Yeah, he, he definitely played, like, the best Wolverine.
1: He, has he been the only Wolverine so far? I mean,
2: I'm, I'm still talking, like, voice actors and stuff. Okay, gotcha. Because, I mean, I like the original animated voice actors. Yeah, yeah. And I did really like Steve Blum playing Wolverine in Wolverine and the X-Men, mm-hmm. the cartoon, because I love Steve Blum anyways, but, yep. yeah, it was definitely, definitely good.
1: So, five going back on track... <laughs> Final thoughts on Hawkeye. I can't wait. What, anything you think is going to happen that's going to be surprised?
2: Um, I mean, not really. It seems pretty cut and dry. Okay. If something surprising does happen, like Kingpin shows up, then I'll, I'll be surprised. But, I mean, other than that, it seems pretty much like it's following um, Matt Fraction and David Aja. Yeah. Name
1: guy do we maybe do we maybe see a flashback in there with black widow in it
2: i mean i wouldn't rule it out it was definitely um it was definitely done like before she sued marvel so yeah i wouldn't rule it out maybe we finally get budapest
1: i would love that
2: um yeah so who knows
1: Yeah, it comes out. What was it, November 12th or 17th? Oh, here you go. I got it. It's supposed to premiere actually on November 24th.
2: Oh, 24th. We were pretty off,
1: (laughs) yeah. And concluding on December 29th, it says it's only six episodes.
2: I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's the same thing with Falcon and Warrior Soldier, these guys are. You know, becoming a list actors, it's hard to.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, of. all of them have been right, except for what if.
2: No, WandaVision was like ten or nine, right? One,
1: yeah. WandaVision was longer, but Loki was six.
2: Well, I mean, Hiddleston's a pretty a list actor. Yeah. And Owen Wilson, obviously.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
2: I mean, I I think sticking to like the six episode trope isn't bad, right? Because. I I, oh, yeah, kind of, I like it. I did kind of feel like WandaVision not like dragged on too long, but it was definitely like longer.
1: Yeah, I like the six like one 45 minutes to one hour. Yeah, episodes. that's that's I just think, what
2: I was gonna say. Yeah, those are nice.
1: It works like a longer movie. Yeah. I, I kinda like that aspect to yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I definitely like that aspect. I, I will agree with that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um when we come back, we are talking Star Wars Visions.
2: Cannot wait. Lots of thoughts on this one.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. So Star Wars Visions, for those of you who don't know, is this new anthology series on Disney Plus came out what? This week, right? This was the first week it was out?
2: Um, today.
1: Was it really? No, because I started watching some of them yesterday.
2: Oh, so maybe
1: it was yesterday, then. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yesterday, the
2: 23rd.
1: <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> it's an anthology series basically going off the lines of Love, Death, and Robots a little bit, where each episode is its own story, and each episode has a different animation style. Um, there are 10 episodes. Each of them range between, I think the shortest one was 13 minutes, longest Nine. It could have been nine. So, shortest one was nine. Longest one was, what, 23 or 24 minutes?
2: Yeah, I mean, so me me and my friend Matt literally watched it, like, in the span of, like, almost two and a half hours.
1: Yeah. So, you can easily watch the entire series in one go.
2: I watched it, I will say, so I watched it in English dub first. And I do plan on watching it with Japanese just because I like matching those.
1: I may do that. I might not. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall thoughts, Ray, before we get into it.
2: So overall thoughts, and, you know, I was actually talking with Matt about this uh, before he left earlier. Um, overall thoughts, I'd, I'd give it an, an 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh eight out of ten, definitely for me. Uh there was a lot of stuff I liked about it. Some stuff I wasn't a hundred percent about. Um but we'll get into that later. But I would say overall, I give it an eight out of ten. It was definitely something different. Okay. Which I think, you know, with the Mandalorian is something that was definitely
1: needed in the Star Wars universe.
2: Yes, 100%. What
1: did you think? So, I have two different ratings for this. If yeah, I if I'm comparing it to Star Wars right now in general the Star Wars franchise, I'd probably agree with you with an 8 or 9 out of 10. Yep. If I'm comparing it to like what it was influenced by, meaning like it's going off the coattails of Love Death and Robots, I'm probably going to give it about a 6. Just because like If I'm comparing it to Love, Death, and Robots, there's a lot of episodes of that show that I will repeatedly go and watch because they were so good. As far as Star Wars Visions go, I think there's only maybe one or two episodes that I'd revisit and watch a couple of times. Um, I think it was a very good... um, I really liked... The aspect of it where they really dove into, like, the Japanese and Asian culture. So it's, like, Asian-influenced Star Wars, which was really cool. It was a very different take, and I enjoyed that.
2: Well, I mean, that's essentially what the plan was, right? Right. Anime-inspired Star Wars show.
1: And how can we forget, like, that, you know, Star Wars was originally based off of, like, the samurai films and the old western films, too. So that kind of ties it all around. Um, my gripes with it, I think, I mean, it's very hard to get a good story out of like an episode that's less than a half hour, but um, I found that some of the stories were predictable. Um, I, I mean, I know me and you were talking about this earlier, but I kind of wish they did more than just Jedi focused episodes, but I get, that maybe this season was themed as everything had Jedi in it. Um, And then there were a couple of episodes where the animation style was very, very similar. And I thought they were going to kind of make every single one a different anime style. But I mean, overall star Wars, it was very solid star Wars. As far as like the whole anthology thing going around, I think it was uh, slightly above average.
2: So the premise behind it, right, is that they wanted to do animated shorts through the lenses of the world's best anime creators, which is something that you don't really see Mm -hmm. too often. You don't see like a huge franchise saying, let me get some of the best anime studios uh, on the market and have them animate something, you know, like you don't see... (sighs) Like, you know, you don't see Harry Potter doing that. You don't see exactly. Marvel doing that, DC doing that. Well, I mean, I guess DC kind of did it with their animated shows. Um, I do know one of the studios, I can't remember which one, did the, uh, I think the Batman, either the Samurai one or the Batman one. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I did see yeah. that. That was actually decent.
2: Um. So, I mean, you don't see a lot of franchises doing that. Which I think is pretty interesting because yeah. they said, hey, let's take two things that, you know, might not work together and see how it plays out. And mm-hmm. I think overall, like like I said, it was an 8 out of 10 for me. There were a couple uh, episodes where I was kind of like, you know, this doesn't really feel the same. And I, I didn't want to go off on a whole, you know, huge Star Wars fanboy tangent about how, like, you know, because, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of The Last Jedi. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be, like, one of the hater Star Wars guys. I, you know, wanted to give it a chance and see if I liked it. So, I, I think I'll probably watch it again just to see how I feel yeah, about
0: it. Yeah, 100%. Because,
2: like, especially because, especially like, I, I really want to watch it in Japanese. Because, like, you know, that's how anime is supposed to be watched, right?
1: Yeah. One thing, one thing I will say, um, which will make it hard for, like... I'm trying to think of, like, a parent... With their kids watching this, the tone and the maturity is kind of all over the place with some of these episodes. Like there are definitely some some episodes in this that I definitely wouldn't like recommend to a kid.
2: Well, I mean, you could you could even say the same thing with anime. True. Like I mean, you could be watching, like, for example, like Dragon Ball. That was supposed to be funny and fun. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it had some adult themes in it then you have Dragon Ball Z which you know they kill people all the time so I think I think it was cool seeing the different ranges of it yes because you I I know I agree with you it was a little all over the place but at the same time that's essentially like different genres of anime pretty much you know yeah so I think that's one thing it did stay true with Mm -hmm. especially because like you know there were a lot of different episodes in there and i did like i know you talked about it earlier and we talked about it before the episode before we started recording i did like the i i I know you didn't like the fact that it was kind of like just one theme but i like the fact that you know this theme kind of felt like it was you know jedi lightsabers kyber crystals and you know maybe if there's a second season they'll have a different theme
1: yeah i i do kind of hope they do that um
2: which I think that would be a really cool and unique idea, especially for something as broad of a spectrum as Star Wars. Like I will say I did really like the fact that throughout each episode the timeline was a different period in the Star Wars universe. Yep. That was really cool because you don't really see that too often. Like normally, especially with these anthology ones, it's pretty much cut and dry. It's all mm-hmm. the same you know, it's all the same time period, same year, this, that and the other thing but with something like as broad as Star Wars, they used a lot of different spectrums on the, uh, on the uh, Star Wars timeline.
1: Mm-hmm. I also want to say too, that um, the voice actors they used was a very interesting choice too, because it is kind of all over the place. Like there's some, some that I'm looking up right now that I had no idea what would, would even be considering doing this show. Like, David Harbour played Cajun um, in one of the episodes. Bobby Moynihan's in it in an episode. Simu Liu is another one who we just talked about from Shang-Chi. Wait, was he
2: really in an episode?
1: Yeah, he plays... Oh yeah, Hima. he was. There's um, Allison Brie who is of um, community fame. She played Ahm in one of the episodes.
2: Neil Patrick Harris was in one. Yep. Um, I did really like the fact that they used a lot of cool different voice actors. Like yeah. Lucy, Lu- Lucy Liu was in an episode. Yep. um, That Tatooine Rhapsody one, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it. Yep. And I, it was funny when we were watching that one, and they showed, you know, I mean, spoiler alert, not really a spoiler, hmm. but they showed Boba Fett. Yep. And Matt and I looked at each other and we said, was that Tomorrow Morrison? and it's cool that they actually used them like it's cool that they're staying true to you know like they have some star wars characters in there still
1: it's, it it was it's a it was a very interesting project that they did for sure
2: i i i, I just think the fact that it was you know it was just like let's have fun and see what we can do
1: And I think, and it gave them ultimate creative freedom. I think, and it, that's, I think, where Star Wars really does shine. When you give the directors or the writers or the creators ultimate freedom. That's why, like, Clone Wars did so well. That's why.
2: Even, even like, even if you're going back to uh, the Gendry, Gendry Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Yep like I still think that's one of my favorites cuz just mm-hmm. the the art style and just the fact that it was pretty much silent episodes the whole time.
0: Yeah.
2: Was just I think it was ahead of its time honestly. Like it never got any more after that, but like even those those were quick, you know, 10 15 minute episodes. Yeah. So I think the fact that he kind of like maybe set the pace for it you know, because these are all pretty much 10, 15 minutes.
1: Yep. I think he deserves more credit than he gets.
2: He be. really does, because that series was phenomenal. And I'm so glad it's on Disney Plus now.
1: Yeah. Um, why don't we get into, like, some of our favorite episodes?
2: All right. Why don't, why don't you go first, because I, uh, I have a lot of thoughts about each
1: episode. <laughs> so one of my favorites, and obviously the first one I watched, was The Duel. And I'll read like a quick synopsis and then we'll discuss it. Um, So the duel followed an unnamed Sith known only as Ronin, a term typically used to refer to a wandering samurai. As the title suggests, this character will head towards a terrifying fight described as calling upon an alternate history pulled from Japanese lore. So this episode may reinterpret a previously seen much beloved fight from Star Wars history. But this one was one of the darker, more adult-themed episodes, I would say. Um, I liked this one a lot because of the anime style. It was mostly black and white, um, minus like the color of the lightsabers and certain shading on um, some of the scenes. Um, I liked this because it was basically a Sith fighting a Sith, which is kind of... I mean, it's not rare, but it's it's kind of uncommon with star wars and it was basically like a sith defending a village from another sith which i thought was really cool i and it had the real samurai theme
2: so i'm just going to touch upon that real quick cuz yeah. did you notice in the episode he says he's no jedi but i don't think he was a sith
1: i, I mean yeah i mean it's it's interesting because not, it's even more than just this episode. We find, like, I mean, not so much Jedi, but good guys wielding red lightsabers quite a bit throughout the series.
2: I think, so, I think the fact that he says he's, like, no Jedi, I, I mean, granted, this might be a huge branch that I'm just grasping onto. I, I think he might have been, you know, maybe one of the great Jedis. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know obviously light side force wielders don't have red lightsabers but he even said himself like he's not a jedi so I mean, mm-hmm. he definitely didn't seem like a sith because he was helping right Right. I, I don't know I'm just you know throwing it out there who, who knows right? yeah could have just been exactly some dude walking around
1: and and they have cool lightsaber styles too in this episode like there was like it was almost it was almost was like a really-
2: uh, the umbrella lightsaber yeah
1: they had like an umbrella Umbrella lightsaber lightsaber. for for the antagonist of the episode and i don't remember if it was in this episode or a later one or both where the lightsaber had a katana like style to it no that was in
2: that was in a couple of them actually
1: yeah there's a couple of them where the lightsaber was like in the hilt of like a uh, a samurai sword type style which i thought was really cool and it They really experimented with different styles throughout the series with lightsabers and what they look like.
2: So it's interesting because the. That. I know we talked about it earlier before the episode, but that episode is having a spinoff book called um, Ronin. And it's about him. And they said that they announced it before Star Wars Visions, hoping that, you know, everyone would forget about what a Jedi is and what a Sith is and kind of just leave it to everyone's own imagination,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which I think is pretty cool. Cause it I mean, you know, I think with that episode, it pretty much made me think, you know, Oh shit. He might not be a Sith. He might just be, you know, a person getting Sith Kyber crystals that he killed. Right. Yeah. Cause then he does end up giving it to the leader of the village.
1: Right.
2: So, um, but I, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there, but what were your other favorite episodes?
1: Um, I, I can talk about three. So the second one, unless you want to talk about your favorite favorite. No, number. no, no
2: you, you can go first and then I'll, I'll jump on.
1: All right. sound it, it might be in way. Another one that definitely stood out to me was the, um, it was episode four, the village bride, which um, is a little bit of a different, like, shift from the first episode we talked about yeah um this one brief synopsis was um it says star wars loves a ceremony whether it's a regal metal presentation helmed by princess leia or an impromptu yub nub session with the ewoks after the battle of endor exploring the strange customs of different planets and civilizations is what science fiction as a genre does best Why haven't we seen a Star Wars wedding? We saw Anakin and Padme wed in secret, but there's never been any Star Wars story focused entirely on a wedding until now. That's kind of what this concept for this episode is. Um, It kind of follows a couple in a village that wants to get married. However, because of it was bandits that overtook some Separatist soldiers that are in charge of the village and the bride has to be basically taken as tribute so that these bandits don't harm the village anymore. And then there's a whole bit where there's like these outsiders, one of them are actually both of them are Jedi that kind of are on the outside originally. And then they kind of step in. It's, it's a very quick synopsis of this, but that's kind of like the quick thing with, what this episode's about um i liked this a lot because it showed a lot of like a different cultural aspect of star wars that i mean there are moments in some of the movies where it's in the forefront but most of the time it's in the background
2: yeah
1: like um, i like how sorry to no, continue no, no, no.
2: on I, I, i'm gonna piggyback off of you once you're
1: done yeah um my I like this episode a lot because it shifts focus quite a bit like a good portion of the episode it focuses on the perspective of the the couple like wanting to get married and they the groom basically carries the bride on his back because they're he's taking her to like sacred territory where he can't have his bride have dirty feet on the during the ceremony and once they get to this like, shrine a top of a waterfall they really connect with the planet and then the planet reacts to their wedding which was really cool i'm not gonna spoil it too much but how the planet reacts to their little ceremony was really interesting
2: so i really i really like so this was definitely one of my favorites i will say that um same thing with the dual episode that was one of my favorites too. Um I one of my favorite things with this whole series was trying to figure out the timeline. yeah It kind of sounded like it happened after, you know, Revenge of the Sith before the Empire even started because mm-hmm. they had, you know, they talked about the separatist droids and um you know, a lot of like the one thing I liked about this episode was there wasn't any like
0: yeah yeah
2: it was pretty nice just seeing that i did really like the fact that you know it it had a lot of princess mononoke vibes in it
0: yes you know Uh, these, these
2: people are you know in tune with the forest um they are kind of force sensitive but they had a different word for it um i don't remember now but like You could tell that they had like they were in tune with the force, but it wasn't called the force for them. Um, And then one of my favorite parts of the episode was when, um, I, I she was the Padawan, right? Yep. That when she like you know stands up to them and she cuts her own braid off, officially calling herself a Jedi Knight. I thought that was really cool. Um, because that's, you know, tradition within Star Wars is the Padawan cuts their own braid off or cuts their braid off, gets their braid cut off and they become knights. Yeah. Um, I will say the, the villain Starship threw me off cause I think I was texting you at the time and like, I looked up and I was like, Oh, is that the Millennium Falcon?
1: <laughs> it did look a lot like the Millennium
2: Falcon. <laughs> I looked up and I was like, Oh man. <laughs>
1: I don't, I'm going to be curious to see if somebody from the episode comes out and says that it was actually the Millennium Falcon. I don't
2: think it was, though. It was definitely a lot different.
1: Yeah, it had a general shape that was definitely similar to it, but. Yeah,
2: I will agree with that.
1: Um, I did like how they almost made the Force more like a, like a natural part of like the Earth, or not the Earth, the planet they were on, not some mystical force. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, yeah, I, I did like that. That was that was like it was just like it, it really had such Princess Mononoke vibes to mm-hmm. it, and I was like, oh my god, like this is like I even tur- I even turned around to Matt and I was like, Matt, this this sounds like Princess Mononoke. And Matt doesn't really know anything about anime or anything, but I explained it to him, and he's like, oh yeah, it kind of does. hmm
1: The and the animation style was a little bit similar to it too.
2: Yeah, so it's it's I'm just gonna touch upon that real quick. Yeah. So, the studio who did what was it? I don't know, if they only did
1: that one. Um never mind, I thought it was a different studio. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But yeah, it's I liked this episode. There was a lot of different like for an episode that was I think it was one of the shorter ones, actually. Yeah. Um... I, w-
2: I kind of wished it was longer.
1: Yes, I wished it was longer, but they did a lot... This was one of the episodes where they really did a good story and plot to it. And actually, it was her, like, it following the theme of Jedi. It didn't, like, highlight Jedi too too much, which yeah. I really appreciated. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there was a lightsaber battle at the end with the Padawan, but, um...
2: I like the fact that it was more or less just exploring the force and what it means.
1: Yes, and like the Jedi observing civilization from like an outside perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh so yeah, I definitely enjoyed that one. Maybe my favorite. I I haven't decided between that and the duel. Um, and then I I wanted to bring up.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, what's your uh, what's your third one?
1: My third one that I wanted to highlight was, um, it's episode nine. I'm gonna butcher the hell out of this name, but it's called Ak- Akakiri. Yep. Um, so I'll read the synopsis again. Another Anakin and Padme parallel is found in this episode, described as an imper am infer- um, E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L. <laughs> love story between a Jedi and a princess. It's unclear when the episode will be set, but it could fix the most frustrating part of the Jedi lifestyle. The disavowal of commitment. So it it definitely had Padme um, and Anakin vibes from Revenge of the Sith, where um, it follows a Jedi and his love... Um, and want the Jedi goes to the dark side to bring back his love from death, basically. And the Sith in this episode helps him revive her and everything, and becomes his, his um, apprentice.
2: I think it's. <clears throat> I thought that episode was really good. Yes. Um, I will. I do want to note real quick that I did like the fact that. His master told him not to go, mm-hmm. and it made me think that maybe the master knew what was going to happen. Yep, because that was pretty. That was a pretty crazy part. Um, I will say, you know, I don't want to. We don't want to spoil anything, but I did like the twist in it. Yep, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, I think overall it was a fantastic episode. Uh, I will say that the studio that animated that one did the same one with uh, T-Zero B-1, which was the one about um, the little robot kid. Yep. So I, I really like the fact that you could tell, because they were completely different animation styles.
1: Yes. And um, this is going to be a strange comparison real quick. Yeah. This one almost had a Samurai Jack kind of vibe. It
2: did It did kind of have like the gendry keep butchering his name, Tartofsky vibe to it. Um,
1: cause even, even when I,
2: I looked up, cause I forgot, I think I was texting, I might've been texting Megan or something. Huh. And I was like, Oh, is this Samurai Jack? And I was like, Oh no, it's not. <laughs> it,
1: it had vibes for sure.
2: It really did. Um, I think it was cool because that kind of, and, and like, like I said before, one of my favorite things is trying to figure out the timeline. It definitely felt like it was right after the Sith had died out. Yep. So it might have been even uh, before this whole, I forgot what they call it now, the High Republic, this new era of Star Wars that just came out last year. Yeah. Um, so I did really like that. Um, so we're going to take a quick break again. And <laughs> then we're going to talk about My favorite
1: episodes. Yeah, hundred percent.
2: And then we're gonna go into a lot more detail, so get ready for more Star Wars.
1: Buckle your (laughs) seatbelt. Uh,
2: quote unquote, get ready for (laughs) hyperspace.
0: There you go.
1: All right, ready to hear what your favorite episodes are, my friend? All right, so
2: uh, I mean, I really like the duel. I thought that was good. Um, that was definitely I know you did top three but I'm, I might do like top four okay I really, I really like that one um are we going now? yeah okay I was just double checking <laughs> uh yeah sorry guys sometimes we do this thing before we actually figure out when we're actually recording is try to figure out what when we're actually recording so I was just double checking <laughs> A little behind the scenes action for you.
0: Take
2: um, two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like like you said before, the Village Bride. I didn't really like that one too. Um, I think one of my one of my sleeper ones was, and I know probably a lot of people didn't like it, but um, I actually really liked the second episode, Tattooing Rhapsody. Um, so. Pretty much a a synopsis of it is uh, a Jedi Padawan was trying to escape during a battle during the Clone Wars, and he ends up becoming the lead singer of a rock band, Uh, which, you know, is probably one of the most far out Star Wars stories I've ever read Mm. or even heard about. Um, So I just thought it was a cool, you know, unique idea. Um, I thought it was cool that Boba Fett was in it. Uh, you know, voiced by Tamora Morrison and, you know, it had a lot of, you know, it had a lot of everyone's phrase. It's like Jabba the Hutt was in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Bib Fortuna was in it. Um, took place on Tatooine, uh, which I thought was pretty cool, especially since it took place, uh, in the old pod, pod racing ring. Yep. Which I thought that was cool. Cause when it cut to that scene, I was like, man, are we going to be watching pod racing here? <laughs> um, and i think it was just like you know it was just a fun little story i mean granted it was probably it was probably geared a little more towards like little kids and stuff like that but i think you know that's a big part of the star wars universe is you know it's geared towards kids i know when i was young i i probably watched star wars when i was like at least 5 or 6 yeah and then i fell in love with it ever since um i did like i really like the fact that um so Joseph Gordon-Levitt played the Padawan, yep. and I, he's he's such a talented guy. Like, he's done a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, I still got to watch that show on Apple TV, Mr. Corman, because I hear it's phenomenal. Mm. Uh, I just haven't watched it yet. Um, but I did like the fact that, you know, it showcased his singing. I thought yep. that was really cool. Um, and, you know, I did like the cutaway scenes where, like, it went to the, you know, it showed Obi Wan's home. Uh, it showed, uh, you know, the the bar and the Moss Eisley, and all the all the um, uh, the Biff singers were upset. <laughs> I just thought it was a fun little rom, you know. Um, it's,
1: it's something very different.
2: It was, and I think that's that's kind of a cool thing with, especially with anime, is you can do a lot of different stuff. Like with anime, there's a lot of different genres. You can do pretty much anything. And I think with, uh, you know, even animation in general, that was what they wanted to do. And I was like, okay, I can get on board with this. And it's funny, I was talking to Matt about it, and Matt was kind of like, oh, well, you know, a lot of people didn't like it. They, You know, all these hardcore Star Wars guys who were like, oh, yeah, Last Jedi sucked. And, I mean, I didn't think Last Jedi was great, but it had a lot of childish features in an actual Star Wars movie yeah. that I don't think were necessary in
0: there. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. So, I did really like that one. Uh, I really liked... Um, I gotta look it up real quick. I'm sorry. Um, I really liked the uh, episode seven. Uh, the Elder episode. Yep. Uh, I thought that one was really good. Just story-wise. Because it, uh, it kept... So the the synopsis of that one is there's a master and his Padawan who are exploring the Outer Rim uh, because his master and the Padawan are just exploring, checking everything out. And then the master senses a disturbance in the Force. And they land on the planet, hear about this mysterious old man, and it was kind of like a cool little detective story. Like, they were looking into the planet, seeing who was there. And then they find, you know, um, a ship. And, they, and the master is kind of like, you know, this looks like a Sith ship. And then this is after, you know, after the death of Darth Bane and the quote-unquote initial extinction of the Sith. Um, and it was just cool. Like, the fighting was really cool in it. Um, and I do think the fact that it had a good lesson in it, because the master, you know, the masters are wise people, Mm -hmm. and the ones are always young and eager to, like, you know, go out and explore and do stuff, um, you know, and it was just a cool episode, I think.
1: Yeah, and it does say that it's showing the events right before the Phantom Menace 2, which I thought was pretty neat.
2: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, and it actually includes David Harbor, Jordan Fisher, and James Hong in the English dub.
2: Yeah, I-, I was surprised to hear David Harbour's voice. Yeah. Um, and then, so like, one of my, one of my other, uh, I guess, I guess you could say, favorite episodes. I really liked the um episode eight, the Lop and Ocho episode. Um, so this one's pretty much, you know, uh, it's like a dispute amongst the family. So it, it basically talked, so they find, you know, a slave, a rabbit, rabbit Lake slave girl, which I think was a really cool throwback to, um, uh, what was that character's name in the Star Wars comics? Um. oh Jackson so back in the, when Marvel first got the Star Wars comics way back in the day um, there was an issue of Star Wars where there was a green rabbit called Jackson and he was pretty well known in the Star Wars universe and then obviously like everything else kind of just fell off the wayside was treated as like a joke character and uh, it, the director of the episode even said that uh, it was a throwback to Jackson. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I just like the fact that, you know, it was like this adopted daughter and her sister ended up, you know, giving in to the Empire and their dad wanted to fight the Empire. And it had a lot of cool history about, um, you know, the Jedi which I thought was really cool, especially towards the end of the episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: they talked about, you know, how it, it was cool seeing like, cause when Matt and I were watching it, we saw the first symbol and I was like, Oh my God, that looks like the, the high Republic symbol for the Jedi. And I was like, Oh man, that's really cool. And it had a lot of history saying that, you know, the dad was saying that they passed the, the lightsaber down in each generation. Um, and just to find out that she was actually force sensitive, um, and you know, it, it, it's it was just pretty, it was cool. I like the fact that they left it open ended too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like it was just like one of those cool like delving into the history of the Jedi episodes, which I really liked.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, so I think overall, like most of the episodes were pretty good. Um, I mean, there were a couple that I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I like that. Um, I will say, I do want to give, like, a quick honorable mention. I really liked the Twins episode up until, like, halfway through it.
0: hmm
2: Because I like the fact that, I mean, I'm a twin, so I like the fact that they used Twins and how they were both Force-sensitive and they were both evil. And then, you know, one of them kind of broke off and wanted to be good. And he also wanted to save his sister at the same time. So I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, there was a lot of like tongue-in-cheek kind of moments where I was kind of like, I, was, I feel like
0: I've heard this before, mm-hmm. the Star Wars thing. But.
1: Yeah. What was interesting about that, and I'm kind of just reading about this now, both the twins and the elder will bookend the exist, bookend the existing Star Wars canon the twins provide an epilogue to the Skywalker saga showing what happened after Ray defeats Palpatine for the final time. So kind of like shadows out a little bit, I guess.
2: Yeah. Cause it was right after the first order. Yep. Um, so I think overall, like it was, it was decent. Um, I did really like the theme about Kyber crystals, lightsabers, and Jedi and Sith. Um,
1: yeah, I like the different style of the lightsabers, but, I don't know, I my thing with it is, like, we have seen so much Jedi and Sith that, to me, you'd have to be super creative to really get me excited for it.
2: Well, I mean, who knows, maybe that's what, maybe a second season will be like, maybe a yeah. video about, like, you know, bounty hunters and smugglers and stuff like that, because I also really like that aspect of the Star Wars universe.
1: Hmm. um and then we can briefly talk about um the episodes we didn't really like too much um one of them episode five the ninth jedi just a little tidbit on that one apparently it was originally going to be a two-parter but the stories were merged into one so that's why it was one of the longer episodes supposed to be set right after Rise of Skywalker as a sort of epilogue exploring the future of the Jedi Knights after the fall of the New Order. And this is the one that had um, Simu Simu Liu Liu as um, the star character.
2: It also had uh, Masioka in it, who was well-known for heroes. Yep. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was kind of like, I, I the only thing I liked about that episode was I liked the fact that it explored kyber crystals. yeah, And each lightsaber. And how they are in tune with each person who's force sensitive. Yep. That and, was, and yep. I liked the I liked the lazy droid. I liked him too. He was funny.
1: Yeah. And they they played with the different colors too a bit, like it's more than just red and blue and green.
2: Yeah. And I kinda d like that they left it open ended too.
1: Yeah. Um, um,
2: one of one of the episodes that didn't really stand out to me was uh, episode six, the T zero yes. B one episode. Uh, it it was basically Astro Boy Star Wars. Yeah. Um, do you know what Astro Boy is?
0: I do. <laughs> okay,
2: I, I was just checking before I said it. it was oh like, yeah, yeah. Like it, it was definitely like even the animation style was a hundred percent like yep. like Astro Boy. Um. I don't know. It just felt it felt weird 'cause like this is basically a droid who becomes a Jedi, which was like very confusing. Yeah. Um it definitely I don't know. It was just granted it was out there and they were having fun with it. I just it was very confusing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was kinda basically like his creator was a Jedi. He has a ship in the basement. The droid wants to become a Jedi, so he starts looking for a kyber crystal. Thinks it's in the basement, locked up. Um, he goes in the basement. The ship's there. Starts playing with the buttons, and then it signals...
2: One of the Inquisitors.
1: One of the Inquisitors to come. The, the creator dies, and he becomes a Jedi, basically
0: was just very
1: and defeats the inquisitor after having no jedi experience whatsoever yeah
2: it yeah it was i don't
1: know and there was like a rise of the droids feel to it too yeah
2: it was uh it was interesting we'll just go with that yeah um so that's pretty much up on the episodes uh i was gonna touch upon for those of you who are interested uh the studios who did them all. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go episode by episode. And, Eric, if you have anything, feel free to jump in. Um, but it's, it might just be me joining on for the rest of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, I, hey, you never know. I might have some words of wisdom.
2: Hey, listen. I, you know I'm all ears for your words of wisdom. <laughs> um, so the first episode, The Duel, was, got, was done by... Was produced by, uh, hold on, I just had it one second. All right, Kamikaze Doga Studios. Or for those of you who know, it's Kamikaze Doga. Uh, he's done. They've done. They did very famously uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which I still have not watched because I just can't get into it. Don't know it's why
1: popping up on my Netflix?
2: It's it's very it's a very tough watch, I'm not going to lie. That first season really got me out of it. And my friend Anthony was like, the second season's good. I only got three episodes in the second season. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to watch this. Um, but they also did the Batman Ninja anime for DC, which was... Did you watch that? I didn't watch that.
1: I did. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah.
2: All right, maybe I'll check. It. Um, they did a lot of, uh, they did, um, a City Hunter movie, which, for those of you who don't know anything about City Hunter, uh, it's a very, uh, I'd say old anime. It's pretty much from the 90s. Uh, it's basically this guy who's, it's almost like Indiana Jones, but he's kind of like, you know, a little more pervy and stuff like that. Um... So that was pretty much the big things I noticed from that studio. Uh, Let's see. The next one, uh, which is the Tatooine Rhapsody episode. Uh, Studio Colorido did that one. And most of the stuff that they've done... uh, So they actually ended up doing um, the Burn the Witch anime, which... Right now is on Crunchyroll. I think there's only like two or three episodes. Which, uh, Burn the Witch is another anime done by Taekubo, uh Who was very famously done Bleach. Um, <clears throat> they also did uh, A Whisker Away. Which is an anime about this girl who... I never watched it. I'm just reading the synopsis. <laughs> a girl who turns into a cat. The guy she likes ends up adopting the cat. I don't know. I don't. Anime's out there, folks. (laughs) Um, and they also did uh some of the they did the Pokemon Twilight Wings episodes, which I believe those were just on YouTube, and that's a series that was inspired by Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, One of the new games that came out a couple years ago. Uh, And I actually really liked that. I thought it was pretty good. It was a nice little insight into the uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield world. Um, The next studio is Studio Trigger. And they did the Twins. And they also did the Elder. So it's kind of interesting seeing uh, their two different uh, anime styles. Because they were like completely different mm-hmm. uh, styles. Um, so the first one, the twins, felt like a little more like cartoony. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the second one had kind of a more like, uh, like actual anime feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Trigger Studios, uh, they did famously Kill la Kill. Which is really good. Um, Darling in the Franks, uh, Little Witch Academia, SSS Gridman, um, Pro Mar, which is a pretty cool movie, um, SSS Dynason, and uh, it looks like they did a cyberpunk anime for the video game. Okay. Which I cannot believe is still on sale.
0: Mm hmm.
2: they're still charging full price for that. I don't understand that.
1: That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I saw that today on the PlayStation Store and I was like, are you serious?
1: I what heard all the issues regarding that game, so I never got it.
2: Yeah, it ne- I looked cool, but I never got it. Um, the next one, uh, The Village Bride, which, you know, is pretty much the one that we've been talking about the whole time. Uh, they're known for uh, Black Bullet, uh, one of my favorites, Rising of the Shield Hero. Which is such a good anime if you get a chance to watch it. Hmm. Um, And they did a lot of OVAs. They did some for Dot Hack. Um, They did one for. uh, What's this other one? The Legend of Heroes video game. Um, And, like, it's cool seeing their uh, different animation style because it definitely had a lot of. Uh, I guess, like, it definitely had a like old-school anime vibe to it. Mm. Um, at least that's what I think. Because uh, it definitely looks, you know, like, a little more solid animation than some of the other ones that were in there. Um, and then the next one is... Production IG which they did the Ninth Jedi which is the one where they were talking about Kyber crystals uh and Production IG famously did uh Blue Seed Ghost in the Shell uh one of my favorites Cromartie High School which is a high school basically about like these weird delinquent kids including like a robot and a penguin and a bear Hmm.
1: um
2: they did Triple uh, Xaholic, which is pretty good. Uh, Eden of the East, Guilty Crown, Psycho Pass, which is pretty good. That's a good one. Um, famously did Haikyuu, which is a volleyball anime. Um, I've never watched that one, even though my friend Anthony keeps telling me to watch it. Uh, they did the Attack on Titan Junior High series, which is basically like chibi characters of attack on type characters in high school um they hmm. did the um uh fully coolity series the new one that just came out in 2018 progressive and alternative um Mo- Novelies, which is one of the Crunchyroll originals uh and moriarty the patriot which moriarty the patriot is pretty cool it's actually like uh, basically just focuses on Mori- uh, Moriarty from the uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes series.
0: Oh, no kidding.
2: Yeah, it's actually pretty good. You, you might like it. I, I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm not really one for those kinds of series. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely pretty good. And the studio actually ended up doing animation for some video games too. Uh, the Ghost in the Shell series, Tekken 3. Uh, Sonic Riders, uh, Fire Emblem, and uh, they did the animated cutscenes for Persona 5, which is probably one of my favorite JRPGs. Sorry, getting out of breath here. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breather. Um, and then the next one is the Science Saru Studio, and they're the ones who did T0B1 and also did Akakiri which uh, had two completely like different vibes to it, right? I mean, even you noticed it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've done some feature films, which they did a lot of the Cran Shin Chan feature films, which, uh, I mean, if a lot of people don't know anything about Cram Shin Chan. He's basically this little potty mouth kid who gets into adult situations. Um, they did Space Dandy. Which is one of the famous ones by Shinichiro Watanabe, who also did the Cowboy Bebop series. Um, ended up doing the Garo series, uh, Devil Man Crybaby, Cry, Devil Man Crybaby, which is on Netflix. Um, that one was pretty good. That was pretty dark. You might like that one. Okay. Um. And I think overall, it's it was cool seeing the different tones between those two episodes. Like one of them felt very like you know, very kid friendly and fun, and then the other one was a little darker.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm you know surprised I mean? that in studio. I'm surprised that studio didn't do Astro Boy.
2: Yeah, I actually thought it did, but it, I don't think it did. Um, but it's it's almost the same. Like so, right? So uh, that same studio did Double Man Cry Baby, and they also did Roger wave. So devil man cry baby is this pretty, it's a pretty dark anime. It's about like this kid who finds out he's like the devil or the son of the devil. I don't know. I watched it when it first came out and like, it's very dark, bloody anime. It's definitely not for kids. I definitely wouldn't recommend watching it. There's a lot of weird stuff. In it.
0: Huh. And
2: then on the opposite side, that same studio did Ride Your Wave, which is a movie about this girl and this boy. And the boy dies, and he gets reincarnated in this water spirit that hangs out with the girl. And then he finds his way, gets freed, and this, that, and the other thing. But it's a really good movie. And it's funny seeing those two completely different like genres come out of the same studio.
1: Almost the same thing
2: with the animation styles.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting how one anime studio can do so many different styles.
2: And that's one thing that I really like about, you know, anime is, right? So you have, for example, I'm going to go on a short little tangent, not crazy. You have the MAPPA studio, who MAPPA's just finished, you know, Attack on Titan. And they did Jujutsu Kaisen, which is like pretty... You know, Shonen type anime. Very, like, fast-paced animation. And on the other side, they did Zombieland Saga, which is an anime about these girls who are zombies, and they want to be idols. So it's just interesting seeing the depth of all these different animation studios. And the last one I'll talk about, just because I know you guys are sick of hearing me talk, <laughs> is the Geno Studio who did the Lopin' Ocho episode. And it didn't really look like they've done too much uh, from what I was looking. Uh, I mean, they were only founded in 2015, so it was not even that long ago. Um, they did uh, this anime called Pet, which is about um, a martial artist who develops a psychoactive technique that allows users to enter the subconscious of the human mind by n- manipulating their enemies' memories. And they did Golden... I'm going to butcher this. Golden Kamuye, which basically takes place... It's a historical anime. It takes place uh, in Hokkaido. And it's basically about... Um, the Japanese-Russian conflicts and uh, they're, you know, on the hunt looking for uh, people who killed their friends and gold. and <clears throat> It's not too bad. I, I only watched like the first season. And then they did Kokoku, moment by moment, which is about um, a grandfather who can stop time. And he uses that power... You know, to essentially fight bad guys. Um, so, yeah, they haven't done too much. But, I mean, overall, I think the, all the anime, animation studios they
1: had were fantastic. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of looking up overall what this show is in the Star Wars universe. And it does say that it is canon.
2: Well, I mean... I I honestly wouldn't be
1: surprised. I'm curious if they take any of these episodes and do more with it.
2: Yeah, that would definitely be pretty interesting.
1: But more on that in one second. So do we think that any of these episodes are going to have any connection to like another season of visions? Or do we think it's just going to be kind of one shot? And it's done.
2: I don't know. Me, I kind of hope it's just one shots and done. Uh, I know they did leave like a few episodes open ended, so maybe they'll come back and explore them, which I think wouldn't be too bad. Um, But like I said, I kind of hope there's like a different theme each season. Yeah. I guess it depends. I I mean, I don't know how Disney Plus goes with its viewings and stuff, so maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're trying to see how many people actually watched and take the data from that i don't know how i don't know how these streaming services work
1: yeah i'm kind of curious because you know the big giant disney owning both marvel and disney and we know that marvel's doing some of their what if episodes as two-parters as well as bringing some of the live action so i'm curious if they give star wars the same treatment
2: yeah, I mean, well, it's also like it's also kind of hard to like judge because you know you have right back in the day before we had all these streaming services and stuff, people would judge it by you know what the ratings were. Right. And now it's kind of like you can't judge it with streaming stuff, you know. You kind of have to go off of you know whatever whatever people are watching, I guess.
0: Yeah.
2: As weird as that sounds. True. I don't know. I don't know how streaming services judge their stuff and renew stuff. and I, I would assume that they probably pay a lot of attention to like, um, you know, uh, <sighs> reviews online, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So,
2: I mean, I, I would hope that that kind of, you know, is what happens.
1: I mean, we'll see. Um, this is such an unfair question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Of the of the anthology series we've seen so far, meaning we have, I guess you could count Marvel's What If, um, Visions, and Netflix's Love, Death, and Robots. Which do you think stands out more?
2: Well, I mean, I I haven't watched uh, the second season of Love, Death, and Robots, so. I can give you an answer after I watch that. Okay. <laughs> I will say, though, the one thing that kind of helped pave the way for this, and especially because you don't see a lot of anthology ones, yeah, uh, the Animatrix.
0: Yep, for sure. I,
2: I remember watching that way back in the day, and it blew my mind when I was younger because that was kind of just around the time when I was starting to get into anime. And, you know, starting to figure out what I like for anime and stuff like that. And watching it back then, I was kind of like, wow, that was fantastic. So I, I do like to think the fact, I do like to think that, you know, uh, the Animatrix helped pave the way for this.
1: Yeah. And I think more studios should try to experiment with this too. Um. I'm looking at you, DC, a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot you can take away from all these uh, anthology series. Um, I mean, I, I I, guess you can say DC kind of does it, because their, their animated movies are a lot better than, like, their regular movies.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And they are all a lot different. Granted, I mean, like
2: they do come out like a, a couple times a month at least right so I mean you know if even if you base it off that like DC animation is pretty much uh, I, I would say it's better than the DCU
1: mm-hmm I, and, and I would say their animation is is top tier
2: definitely I mean they've use different animation companies they incorporate a lot of different stories you know that probably wouldn't work out you know in on the big screen
1: yeah and yes ian i'm gonna say this so you better pay attention to this at some point i think dc's animation still tops marvel even though what if is fantastic i still think dc has the edge in animation stuff
2: i I, i'll agree with that i mean you know i won't go as far as to say Ian's right, but I'll agree with that.
1: <laughs> Can't get give him the benefit. <laughs>
2: no, no. That's, that's not how this works. <laughs> Even if he's not here to defend himself, that's not how this works.
1: Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so, any final thoughts?
2: Uh, Visions, 8 out of 10. If you like Star Wars and you like Anthology, and if you like all of the different animation companies that I literally just talked about, check it out.
1: Yeah, and I think um, we need more seasons of this.
2: I definitely agree. I, I, I'm really, I'm really hoping that there's a lot—not a lot, but you know, I'm hoping that, that we will get some more.
1: All right, awesome. Now, what do you got going on, Ray? I hear big right. so things we'll coming.
2: Talk real quick here. Let me, let me vamp myself up. So for those of you who have probably seen on our Facebook page, uh, I've been, I, I just started a new job, so I got a lot of time now that I'm not there at my old job for like 14 hours straight. So I've been having a lot of time to go through and read all my stacks of comics. So uh, for those of you who want to listen to me drone on about comics, I have about three or four shows uh, I'm getting ready for. I'm just going to finish my last stack, hopefully tomorrow. And uh, each week I'm going to try to do, uh, knowing me, it'll probably end up being about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, talking about some of my favorite things I've read since 2020 started. And obviously you guys know 2021 is almost done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because during 2020,
2: I was working a lot and I didn't really have a lot of time to read. So now that I'm finally getting all caught up, uh, I have three shows ready to start up. So one's going to be about the best DC comics I've read.
1: Oh, Ian, pay attention.
2: One's going to be about the best Marvel comics I've read since 2020. Uh, And then the best. In image indie publisher comics I've read and I think uh, my fourth episode is going to be about some of the graphic novels that I've been reading uh, we'll see how that works out I, I got a lot I want to talk about so um, I am going to mention that I am going to be end up doing uh, a show about strange adventures because I believe I believe it ends next week. Um, I got to double check. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it ends next week. And for those of you who have been listening since we started, um, our first show that we did August 1st, 2019, yep. I really vamped up Strange Adventures. And I've been yep. hyped about it. And it has not disappointed
1: that's, so, that's crazy that it's just, and, well, I mean, I know COVID got in the way, but the fact that we talked about it two years ago.
2: Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who stood with us this whole time, I'm going to do a Strange Adventures episode, and it's literally going to be issue by issue, uh, so it's going to be very spoiler-heavy, so if you haven't read it, um, pick up the issues. I don't think there's a trade-out yet.
1: I know, I was waiting for the trade.
2: <laughs> yeah, I... I <laughs> obviously i have no self-control so i have to do issues um but yeah like i said that's been the series that i've been hyped about the most and it has not disappointed so uh for those of you who are looking for cool stuff to read uh you know uh, want to know more about the writers the artists in the industry um come listen to my show it's going to be... I'm going to go with the race comic corner. I think that sounds pretty good.
1: Race comic corner.
2: Because I, I do kind of sit in the corner of my apartment and read. So, um, so yeah. Uh, that's, that's my vamp up. So, I am going to be doing a Hawkeye one, too. About uh, Matt Fraction and David Aja's Hawkeye run. Ooh. Um, probably closer to when the show comes out. Just so that way I can get ready for it. And uh, for those of you who are ready for the Eternals in, what is it, November? Yep. I am going to hopefully tackle the Eternals Omnibus by Jack Kirby. I don't know. That thing's a little intimidating, so we'll see. <laughs> um, but, yeah, even I got a lot in store, so I hope everyone's ready now that I got free time. I'm definitely going to bring some comics in your face. I might even touch upon some uh, manga Anime, video games, so everything you guys have been wanting for. Uh, yeah, get ready.
1: Woohoo! Captain Ray's Comic Corner.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I'll go with like an opening theme, but I'm, I'm, I might think about something.
1: All right. And I do have a think tank in early development, so that might be a little bit down the road, but that's coming as well got some ideas just have to think it out
2: hey that's why it's called a think tank right
1: that's right that's right
2: and i i I actually do kind of hope you know ian does do some more of his history one because i've actually really enjoyed those
1: yep more content coming your guys' way
2: yeah so you guys are going to be getting a lot more content if there's anything you want to hear make sure you drop us a line on uh our instagram our facebook
1: um, and if you guys don't know what our Facebook or Instagram is. On in- what? No, you go.
2: Sorry.
1: On Instagram, we are at the Adventure Geeks. And we do have a Facebook page of the same name. If you want to follow me, I'll be posting some stuff on Instagram mostly. Um, I am at easy spidey8.
2: I do really like your uh, your little mental health boosts throughout the week
1: you got it buddy
2: they are they are very helpful I will say uh, and you can follow me at CapRayFlash flash on Instagram Clark Ray Kent on Twitter
1: and then if you guys want to follow Ian it's at Sully 1918
2: why is it 1918
1: I bet you it's a history thing
2: I will
1: have to ask him. I always mean to ask him whenever I hear, uh, whenever I re listen to our episodes. Yeah, I want to say it's a history related, but... Yeah,
2: that sounds about
1: right. Yeah. We got a quote today, Ray. I was trying to find one from one of the episodes of Visions, but the one I wanted didn't come up, so... Uh,
2: yeah, give me one second. Let me see if I can find one. Uh, in the meantime...
1: Enjoy this brief pause of silence.
2: Yeah, enjoy this brief pause as I try to find a quote. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with I'll go with a Star Wars quote. Um, But I will say, uh, it's not gonna be from visions. um, Visions. Uh, It's gonna be from Empire Strikes Back, which is my number one all-time favorite movie.
1: That's that's neat. That's the only answer for the greatest Star Wars movie.
2: Of course. Uh, this is from Yoda. And every time I hear it, it kind of gives me like this good feeling. My ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you
1: i like that and i love the delivery
2: hey listen i i took acting classes in uh college and uh, i did theater all throughout high school so i got you
1: oh interesting i didn't know that
2: listen you learn something about me every day
1: yeah peeling back the layers of rice onion
2: yeah hopefully you don't cry
1: (laughs) not yet Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Adventure Geeks podcast. We will see you hopefully soon.
2: Hopefully soon with guest stars.
1: Yes. Big, big, exciting episode coming up.
2: So make sure you
0: guys stay tuned.
1: Thanks, guys.
0: Bye.